At Keeley Companies, culture sets them apart. They are dedicated to the safety, the well-being, and the career growth of every employee, which they refer to affectionately as the Keelians. Recently, they launched a new cultural pillar called Keeley One, focusing on diversity and inclusion. Senior Project Manager Henry Isaacs says that understanding everyone is unique and different is critical. We have to recognize our individual differences and that everyone deserves to be included and have their voice heard. For Keeley, this focus on diversity and inclusion has been a huge morale booster. It makes people more excited to come into work, which correlates to greater retention and enhances their overall culture. Now, when establishing your culture of diversity and inclusion, Henry has some great advice for us. Have an open mind and be willing to step out of our comfort zone. That's number one. Number two, take the time to truly learn, to seek wisdom around different cultures, different races, and different religions. Do the work, in other words. And then thirdly, reach out to someone different from you and be intentional in having an open and honest conversation with them. End the sentences with question marks. It's great advice from Henry, and I want to thank my friends from Keeley Companies for being proud sponsors, partners, and super fans of the Live Inspired Podcast with John O'Leary. Welcome to the Live Inspired Podcast with John O'Leary. John is the number one national best-selling author of the book On Fire. He's a world-class inspirational speaker, and he's the host of the Live Inspired Podcast. John interviews extraordinary individuals on their life story so that you can wake up from accidental living and more fully live your life story. Here's your host, John O'Leary. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the Live Inspired Podcast with John O'Leary. A few summers back, I had a remarkable conversation with the one and only Mel Robbins. For those who may not know of Mel Robbins, she is a best-selling author. She is a remarkable thought leader. She's also one of the most booked speakers in the entire world. She's known for her viral content that is designed to educate and entertain and empower others to live a more fulfilled, passionate, purposeful life. Well, during that conversation back in 2018, Mel shared about her paralyzing struggle with anxiety as a child. She talked about how it came to a head when she was a 21-year-old law student, and then she shared the liberation she felt after overcoming the challenges that so many of us deal with in our own lives today. In fact, according to the Kaiser Family Foundation, during the pandemic, about 4 in 10 adults here in the United States reported symptoms of anxiety or depressive disorder. It's a dramatic increase over a similar time period stretching back to 2019 when the report was just 1 in 10 adults. Similarly, a health tracking poll from adults around the world found that in July of 2020, many are reporting negative impacts on their mental health and their well-being. Some of these include difficulties sleeping. It's up 36%. Dramatic changes in a negative way around their eating habits, 32%. Increase in alcohol consumption or substance abuse, that's up more than 15%. And worsening chronic conditions generally, that's up 12%. All this due to the stress over the coronavirus. Well, what do we do with that stress? 
What do we do with anxiety? What do we do with all the things that are taking place around the world that at the end of the day, we have so very little control over? Except for the fact that we can choose what we can control. We can choose our next right step forward. We can choose still to live into the truth that even better days remain in front of us. And today on this podcast, we'll remind you how, with the help of my friend, Mel Robbins. Mel will remind us of the proven and the simple strategies to interrupt negative thought patterns, win the mental game, and experience the joy and the opportunity that life has to offer us in the middle of the storm. I admire Mel as a speaker, as a researcher, as a human being, and as a friend. I've grown to love this lady, and if you've never had the opportunity of meeting Mel, at the end of this truncated episode, you are going to absolutely love her as well. Today, I want to share with you my friend Mel Robbins to give you some strategies on how you can ensure that your tomorrow is even better than yesterday, starting with today. So let the countdown begin, people. Five, four, three, you know where this is going, two, one, you're going to love her. So my friends, buckle up, get ready for the ride as I bring on my friend and now yours, her name. Mel Robbins. Mel, welcome back to the Live Inspired Podcast with John O'Leary. Well, thank you, John. I'm so uh, inspired and excited to talk to you. The strategies that we're going to talk about today work, and they change people's lives. And um, the one thing that I want you to walk away from this conversation that John and I are having is this, that you aren't stuck Mm. with the way that you think. And it's not just a matter of thinking positively. When you embrace the idea that somebody else wrote your past, somebody else wrote in the thinking patterns that you have in your own mind, but you, you can write your own future and you can break those habits and those patterns um, that you think in, your entire life will change and you will truly be free. And so I want you to understand that You know, the things that you feel, the patterns that you have experienced in your past, you know, that that's out of your control. But what you think about is 100 percent something you can choose moving forward, especially when you understand the science and how things get encoded in your brain. Mel, when when I was nine and you know the story, I was burned on my entire body and the community came around us, supported us and guided the little boy forward physically. When my father's Parkinson was diagnosed, the community came around us and supported us in all ways they possibly could. And yet in my family and in my wife's family and in the families of the people that I know and love dearly and deeply, and I know their stories, I also know that there's a lot of anxiety and depression and bipolar and personality challenges that we all face. And we don't talk about we don't, we don't whisper about it. I'm going to ask you secondly, why is that? Yeah. But my first question is, when did you begin to take it, not only the way you felt out of the shadows, but even the fact that you'd been in the shadows? When did you, when did you take that into the light? How liberating was that? Oh, my gosh. Well, that's what my whole career is about, honestly. For everybody listening, you're not alone. I see it firsthand in the book lines that we have at our after our speeches, in the emails that we're getting. The number one topic that people write to us about is fear and anxiety. And so you're not alone if you feel agitated in your body and if you spend too much time dwelling on what could go wrong. 
That's all that anxiety is, by the way. I decided I would start to interrupt my brain every single time I worried about something that didn't serve me. And so the second that my thoughts would drift, John, I would go five, four, three, two, one. That's the five second rule. I would interrupt that habit of drifting to the nastiness, to the negative self-talk, to the enemy lines, you know, in your own head. And I would yank my thoughts forward to the prefrontal cortex and I would start to insert things that made me excited or happy. And I'll be darned if one thought at a time, just interrupting my thoughts and saying, I am not allowing myself a five, four, three, two, one. Nope. Not thinking about that. Five, four, three, two, one. Nope. Turbulence on an airplane doesn't mean I'm dying. Five, <laughs> four, three, two, one. Nope. Uh, I'm not taking that, that deal because I, you know, I'm not going to ask, act desperate in business. Five, four, three, two, one. Nope. You're not going to talk to me like that. Like literally all day long and something miraculous happened. Within a matter of two weeks, I'm not kidding, my mind drifted to negative stuff two-thirds less, literally. If I had spent 90% of my day thinking negative things, I was now spending 20% of my day drifting there. Mel, I'm curious, how, and, how frequently were you, when you first find yourselves actually realizing that that voice is yours in your head and that you yeah. could ultimately tell it to be quiet— how shocked were you at how negative that voice was and, and the frequency with which it was negative? Um, I wasn't shocked that I had to use it, no joke, 97 times in one day. I think what started to happen is I realized, whoa, I don't have to think about my kids dying 13 times a day. I don't have to think about, you know, the, the failures. 10 times a day. The thing that really impacted me was not how often I was living in a very negative mental state, but how easily it is to redirect it. So let's let's talk about the redirection and the reason for that 54321 countdown. Sure. So um, the, the fast story on the countdown is that I was really struggling about 10 years ago just to get out of bed. Um, you know, yeah, I'd taken Zoloft for two decades, but I was in a situation in my life where, um, my husband's restaurant business was failing. I had just lost my job. Um, we were about to lose everything, our marriage, our life savings, the house, everything. Um, this was 2008. A lot of people have a very, very similar story about what happened to them when the housing mm -hmm. crisis hit in, in the United States. And I just couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't do the simple stuff. I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't make myself exercise. I couldn't make myself reach out to friends. I couldn't make myself be nice to Chris. I couldn't make myself look for a job. Just, just so stuck. And, um, you know, the thing that's interesting is that most of us know what we need to do. At least we know the little things we need to do. We need to eat right. We need to be kind to people. We need to work hard. We need to exercise. We need to think positive. But it's really, really difficult to make yourself do those simple things, particularly when uh, you got a lot of excuses for why you are too tired or why it doesn't matter or all of that. And so um, one night I was watching TV and I saw this rocket ship launching and um, I just had this thought that, gosh, if self-doubt, anxiety and overwhelm could enter my mind within five seconds of that alarm ringing. I wonder if my feet hit the floor first 
if I could actually beat my excuses. Mm-hmm. I wonder if I move faster than the anxiety and overwhelm hit. I wonder if I could change. And so I decided I would launch myself out of bed just like NASA launches a rocket. So the next morning, the alarm goes off. That's what happened. And all of a sudden, I could feel the anxiety and overwhelm and that cloud kind of coming into my mind as I thought about the day and our problems and how overwhelming it felt. And I felt myself reaching for the snooze button. But then I started counting like NASA does, five, four, three, two, one, and something weird happened. I actually stood up. The next morning, the alarm went off, and I could feel the overwhelm and self-doubt kind of coming into my mind, and I started counting backwards again, five, four, three, two, one, and a funny thing happened. I stood up, and I used it the next morning, and the next morning, and the next morning, and then I noticed something that nobody talks about, and it is the most important thing to see if you really want to improve anything, and that is that there is a very distinct gap between your instincts and impulse that will change your life and the excuses that stop you. Mm. And that gap is about five seconds long. And the gap is everywhere. I, I would imagine that there are listeners right now, poolside, working out, driving in the bus, wherever they're listening to the podcast, thinking, you know what? I'm glad this has worked for Mel, but she... She's bright. She's more driven than I am. She went to law school. She has this incredible drive and and work ethic that I don't. So for those of us seated back right now thinking, uh, it it won't work for me. I'm glad it's working for her and others, but it won't work for me. What what would you say to them? You're wrong. (laughs) You're absolutely wrong. And the reason why I can say that, and you can dismiss me as an arrogant, annoying person. That's totally fine. But I think there's a reason why you're listening to this. And I think the reason why you're listening to this is because you want more and you think that in order to have more out of your life, in order to be happier and more satisfied, that you got to do big things. That is wrong. That is totally wrong. The way that you change your life and you discover the power that is inside you is you develop the clarity to hear what is inside you and you develop the skill of courage, which is the ability to try to listen to it when normally your excuses would stop you. And the reason why I can tell you it will work for you is not because it works for me, but because it is working for millions of people around the world. How do I know that? Because we have heard from a quarter of a million people in 91 countries who have written to us. Those are, those are just the people that have written to us. And they were writing about crazy stuff. You know, I cured my PTSD mail because I changed my trigger response using 54321. I saved my marriage. I didn't wade into a river and kill myself because I used 54321 to stop myself. Mel, holy cow, I'm able to be sober because I think about sobriety as a five-second decision. And on and on and on. And what most of us don't believe is that it actually is so simple mm-hmm. that you know what to do. You deserve to be happy. For anybody that says, well, how do I, how can I trust myself if I've been in a string of bad relationships? Here's what I say to you. It's not an issue of trust. It's an issue of courage. You see, if you look back on every terrible relationship you've ever been in, you knew way before you got out, you knew your heart, your soul was telling you, this is not the person. This is not how I should be treated. You knew 
The problem is every time your heart spoke up and that five second gap opened up, instead of saying, guess what, this doesn't work for me, or you can't talk to me like that, or I deserve more, I'm leaving, or this isn't going to continue unless we go to therapy. Instead of saying what you knew, mm-hmm. you, 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 you let the five seconds go by and the excuses filled your head and you stayed and you said nothing. You're big go into ahead. courage and action. Why do you think it is that so many of us uh, need to be taught that? Like, wh- why is this not just innate? And are we not more capable uh, to move forward, to take action when you hear that little voice to run? I'll tell you, uh, my one of my main theories is because of primary school and the fact that we do not go to schools that encourage failure, that encourage trying, that encourage and reward people for resiliency. We grade everybody on a bell curve. We have standardized tests. You get applauded if you say the right answer. And so I think, you know, if you go into a classroom in elementary school and you say, okay, who's an artist? Everybody will raise their hand because everybody's drawing. By the time you get to fifth grade, who here's an artist? There'll be one kid that raises their hands. We basically educated out of each other. And it's really sad. And The other thing that happens is that, you know, in our family environments, it becomes very clear growing up that in order to not piss off mom or dad, you got to behave a certain way. And so all of us learn how to be manipulative, how to withhold, how to um, play games so that we don't disappoint somebody. And it begins with our parents. Mm. Not that our parents are doing anything wrong. I mean, I'm sure it's happening with it's happening with my kids too right now. And so, you know, I think that that what happens is you learn strategies as a kid to survive school or to not disappoint or upset your parents. And you develop these strategies at the age of 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. You know, oh, well, you know, I'm not the most popular, so I'll be the funny one. Or I'm fat and nobody likes me, so I'm, you know, woe is me. Or, you know, my mom's always disappointed and I'm never good enough for her. And so you develop all these stories and strategies about what's happening to you as a kid. And they may be true and they probably even work for you, which is why we develop strategies. You know, like, for example, I I recently coached a woman who um, was trying to quit smoking. What was interesting is that she, when we, when I asked her, well, when did you first kind of develop a habit of quitting things? She could trace it back to fourth grade and mm-hmm. being the biggest gal on the baton twirling troupe and being afraid to be in a leotard with her butt hanging out in front of her entire school. And she quit and her parents let her and her teacher or her coach tried to talk her out of it. Um, and they let her quit. They didn't make her face the thing that scared her. What happened, she realized as a fourth grader, you don't do this consciously, you do it subconsciously. She realized, wow, wait a minute, quitting works. So every time I get nervous in life, every time I get worried about my ability to do something, I can just quit and then I'll be okay. Mm -hmm. And the problem is she's now a 40 year old woman who doesn't start anything. Not starting has become her form of quitting. And the other thing that she does is smoking 
Every time she takes a smoking break, she smokes a pack and a half a day. Every single time she takes a smoking break, it's her way to quit life. Mm. So Mel, whether we are struggling with self-confidence, doubt, uh, weight, smoking, whatever it may be, the strategy you're talking about, we just spend another 30 seconds unpacking it so we can really have a clear roadmap to step into it. Yeah, you got it. So it's called the five second rule. And here's what you need to know. Uh, every one of us is just a collection of habits. Uh, we, the, the experts estimate that 50% of the things that you do say or think are just habits and habits are nothing more than patterns that get encoded in our brains. The thing about habits is once they get encoded in your brain, anything in your environment can trigger you to then repeat the pattern. So I'm going to give you an example. So for a lot of people, a lot of people will come home from work and be like, oh, it's five o'clock somewhere, time for a drink. The time of day is triggering the pattern of having a drink. For people that are smokers, a lot of times certain songs or being around certain people or certain smells or right after breakfast or driving in the car, these, these things that you're doing or people that you're around or, or sensory experiences trigger the pattern in your brain to start of grabbing a smoke. Same is true with your thinking patterns. There are people that you see that you automatically feel more insecure around because those people are triggering patterns of thinking. Same thing is true about um, confidence. There are people in your life that you feel more empowered around. They're triggering different patterns. And so what you can use the five-second rule for is the five-second rule, what I've now learned, is a very powerful form of metacognition. That is a fancy word that means brain trick. You can outsmart your own mind if you want to. You can use the five-second rule as a starting ritual to interrupt the patterns that have been encoded over time in your basal ganglia and draw your focus, five, four, three, two, one. When you hit one, your prefrontal cortex will be ready and active and ready to help you change. Your prefrontal cortex is the part of the brain, John, that is active on functional MRIs when you are acting with courage, when you're learning new behavior, when you're doing any kind of strategic thinking. It's the part of the brain that helps you achieve your goals and helps you change. And so what I created that morning, 54321, when I launched myself out of bed, was a trick or a tool, whatever you want to call it, a simple one, that will help make changing behavior easy. So the way that you're going to use it is list all the patterns that don't work for you. Is it thinking you're unworthy? Is it blowing off the gym? Is it snapping at your kids? What is it? And then is it not making the calls on your chicken list? If you have a direct selling business, you know, you got all these calls you need to make. Oop, you think about it, you don't do it. Mm -hmm. So what you're going to do is you're going to write down all the things or try one thing, just one thing. You're going to write down one thing that you're going to work on changing. When it comes time to do it, what you're going to notice is that window. You're going to know it's time to go to the gym. You're going to see your hesitation open up. You're going to feel the excuses coming, and then you're going to count backwards. Now, counting backwards is critical. Do not count up because it will not work. You have to count backwards, five, four, three, two, one. You can just count to yourself. If you're around other people, five, four, three, two, one might make them think you're weird. So yes. just kind of do it to I yourself, say do it anyway. five, four, three, two, one. Yeah, do it anyway. It's totally fine. And um, then move. It's really that simple. 
54321. The second you start counting, you've actually made the decision to not listen to your excuses. By the time you hit one, your prefrontal cortex, the focus is there. Now you're primed to move. And so you'll be shocked, 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 shocked at how effective it is. In fact, the fastest way to try it is try it tomorrow morning. Mm. Set your alarm 15 minutes earlier than you normally get up. When the alarm goes off, you're going to immediately groan and you're not going to feel like getting up and your bed's going to be cozy and you're going to say that you're tired. Just go five, four, three, two, one and push yourself to stand up and then start to notice where else in your day do you see this moment where you know what to do, but you hesitate. Is it with eating? Is it with drinking? Is it speaking up at work? Is it procrastinating? Like you see yourself doing it and you let yourself do it or do you go five, four, three, two, one and stop yourself? Well, part of the reason I love your work, it's a, a whole lot of reasons. One is you make it seem so simple and actionable, which is awesome and rare. That's one reason. Secondly, I, I think you realize how remarkably blessed, like shockingly fortunate you are to be here and where you are. And part of your mission is to remind the rest of us of that same truth. You throw out a stat frequently, one in four trillion. What does that mean to you? One in four trillion is a stat that I read 10 years ago that some scientists came up with calculating the odds that you are born. The odds of you being you, who you are with your DNA structure, born to who you were born to on the day and the moment that you were born, the odds of you being you, one in 400 trillion. Mm. And when you understand that you are that unique that the odds are actually not in your favor of even being here as the person that you are. And you start to realize that you are a miracle and that you were born for a reason. Then you can start to understand, or at least I do, that there is something to be done with your life other than torturing yourself mentally. Mel Robbins, you are indeed one in 400 trillion, at least. I think they may break <laughs> broken the mold with you. And uh, you have reminded all of us that we are one decision away from becoming an even better version of ourselves. So true. Thank you for this time, Mel. And thank you for the work you do. Thank you, John. My friends, that was Mel Robbins. This is John O'Leary. And today's your day. Live inspired. Well, I continue to admire Mel and her life-changing work. If, if you or someone you love is facing anxiety or fear or worry or self-doubt or overwhelm, I want to first begin by reminding you that you're not alone, that Mel has been there, that I have been there, and that anyone that I know as a friend who's been honest enough with me to share their truth has been there as well. So you are not alone, my friend. You are in good company. If you'd like to hear more about the entire conversation with Mel Robbins and ultimately what it means to in your life, check out episode 87. She's going to share the root of her lifelong battle with anxiety and some other tactics that have helped liberate her from it. I'll have a link to episode 87 in the show notes, or you can always visit me at johnolearyinspires.com forward slash podcast. Again, let me slow it down for those of you who might be driving or working out or taking a lap around the neighborhood. Visit me at johnolearyinspires.com forward slash podcast, and you'll see there a link to episode 87 with the entire conversation with Mel Robbins. Before I leave you, a reminder Mel shared with me and with you. 
there is a distinct gap between your instincts and impulse that will change your life and the excuses that stop you. The gap is about five seconds long. There's a distinct gap, leaders, servants, mamas and daddies, sons and daughters, between your instincts and impulse that will change your life and the excuses that stop you. Well, that gap, as Mel reminded us, is about five seconds long. Let the countdown begin. My friends, for this time and until next time, my name is John O'Leary, and today is your day. Do not let your excuses stop you from enjoying the fullness, the grandeur, the miracle of your life. Today's your day. Live inspired. Now, a word from our friends at Keeley Companies. Keeley Companies aspires to be a true leader for businesses and communities. In the words of their CEO, my friend, his name is Rusty Keeley, with a world-class culture focused on people and customer-centric approach. We're truly in the business of people. Check more out about Keeley Companies at KeeleyCompanies.com.